to a brand new episode of Full Drop Podcast. First, as always, I want to thank everyone that tuned into our last episode, which was with Logan from DSM Drops. We spoke about everything from shoes to the hobby, even football. We even ripped some packs while doing the podcast, which I had so much fun doing. I think I'm going to be doing that um, often because it was just so much fun. So like if I have a guest that is into cards or whatever, I think it would be a great opportunity to kind of do that during the podcast. And I did get some good feedback from it, which I really appreciate as well. So if you haven't already, make sure you go ahead and, you know, check out that episode. Like I said, I had so much fun filming it. And uh, it's always fun to have Logan on the podcast and uh, see what he's been up to. Before we get into today's episode, I really wanted to kind of talk about some things. I kind of wanted to switch up the podcast and the way I did the podcast. Um, I kind of want to talk about some topics that are current and then go ahead and uh, get into the episode. So a couple of topics I wanted to talk about, uh, one of them being the hobby, PSA raising the prices, the turnaround time. How it can affect the market. I also wanted to talk about this week and releases. We have a couple releases this week, and um, I also wanted to talk about the Nike executive uh, resigning. That has been one of the most talked about stories um, this week in shoes. I think this year in shoes too, it's been one of the most talked about topics. Um, that's been honestly crazy to see, and it, it's crazy that all these stories are unraveling. But this for sure is the craziest story that I've seen so far. Um, this year and I feel like in, in the past couple of years it's been the most craziest thing I obviously don't know how long it's been going on I'm sure you know people will be doing reports about it and uh, yeah so before actually even that I did want to mention hopefully the sound sounds a lot better a lot crisp and a lot less echo I did set up the room so that way there was not that much echo um, so I'm hoping that that's the case if there isn't I failed ma- <laughs> failed uh, with that so yeah let's go ahead and get into this topic first things first I wanted to go ahead and say um, these are just my opinions and this is how I kind of view these topics but of course Nike executive resigns after reports reveal her teen son used her credit card to purchase shoes to resell um, this is honestly like I said one of the craziest stories uh, if you see the photos it was just it wasn't just like one or two um, you know, one, like one or two shoes or maybe just a couple, it was hundreds of pairs that this kid was, uh, seen flexing with and seen, you know, taking photos with. I don't really have an issue with like the photos like that. Um, I've used to take photos like that just with like shoes that I would get that day, a lot of Jordans and stuff like that. I don't have an issue with it at all. Um, shout out to the homie Guadam. He's honestly been one of the people that's been killing it with photos like this. I don't have a problem with it. I don't because, you can post up pictures with it and there's still like more shoes for people to get, you know? So it's not like the person took all of stock. Yes, the person has a lot. Of course, the person's not going to wear all of them, but they're in a reselling business. That's what it's like to be a reseller. Um, I just find it funny, man, that like, I don't know, they, they were trying to interview her and I'm pretty sure she would probably deny it. Like, oh, I had no idea, but there is no way that she had no idea that her son was doing this type of stuff, especially on, especially on a credit card. If you're buying that many pairs, it's not just like a tab of like 100, 200. These are pairs that are $200 retail alone, if not more on some of them. 
and you're buying hundreds of them just stacking up and racking up so there's no way that she did not know what was going on and you know it's just it's crazy because i was looking at this and i was kind of comparing it to the marcus situation how he completely backdoored uh that release with the trophy room ones and he denied it so he was on complex as well and uh, he was like oh i've never resold shoes i'm a retailer not a reseller which is, is just complete bs uh, we had Logan on here, and he was able to get pairs. He explained to us on air how he got those pairs and kind of how I went down. And even with my own, you know, kind of background with shoes, I did some research. I, you know, spoke to a couple people that were able to get pairs. It's literally, the, the story is the same. So I mean, unless, unless all those resellers are lying, and um, I highly, highly doubt that, uh, especially Logan, man. He's been literally one of the people that has been the most honest and um, just an all around honest person. So there's no way that, that, uh, he did not back those, uh, backdoor those pairs. So nothing happened to him. I'm not saying anything should happen to him. I'm just saying it's crazy how he was caught backdooring and how that whole story went out. And now we have, um, a Nike executive resigning just because her son is reselling. I don't completely agree with her decision to resign. I understand why she did it. Uh, but I think she should have kind of had more control over it. Um, as far as her son, obviously it's her son. I, if I was him, I wouldn't have flexed that hard. I wouldn't even put myself in a situation where people can find out like who my mom would be. If my mom's a Nike executive, I would have just been low key about it, move some pairs like that. Maybe even get into cards because that's what a lot of people were saying. Like instead of him getting into shoes, yes, he can do that, but do that on the low key, do that all behind the the back while you're you know kind of pushing cards and say cards is like your main way of like reselling. So I feel like that would have been more. Um, that would have been a better situation to be in than the situation that he is currently in because he probably lost his plug. Um, I'm not saying that he probably that he did for sure. I just feel like he probably did. So if you're taking L's on sneakers, he was probably the reason why. I did see a meme that said um, you're in line behind the Herbert family, which is fun. It was a crazy funny meme, in my opinion. Again, uh, that happened. I did learn a lot from this, and I hope a lot of people do learn from this. No matter how high your connections are, no matter how deep into it you are, um, there's always people that are going to want you to fail. Of course, this uh, report was made by a big, big uh, you know, media company. Um, and by media company, I mean kind of like a newspaper, media. They put stuff out there, and they did their own research and found out that his mom was a Nike executive, which was super crazy uh, to see how they did that. But again... I've learned from this. I've made mistakes of like posting stuff that I probably shouldn't have posted as far as like flex pictures. I'm still young. The kid obviously is still very young. He's younger than me, um, I believe so. And if people want to take something out of this, you know, from the situation and, and feel like, you know, what should I take out of it is you don't have to flex everything. And I've been there. I understand. It feels good. Yo, I got all these pairs. Look at me, blah, blah, blah. But like, just don't. Because at the end of the day, you're probably going to regret a lot of it and um, you're probably going to lose some connections if you keep doing that. So I've, like I said, I've been in that situation where I posted stuff and I'm like, yo, I should, probably shouldn't have posted this, take it down, but it's already too late. It happens. Um, people just need to learn that not all publicity is good publicity. I also wanted to talk about this week and releases. Tomorrow is, of course, um, the drop for the Nike Dunks. I want to say, I'm, gonna, I'm here actually looking at it live right here. Um, these are the city market dunk lows. I was going to call it a Nike SB, but it's not a Nike SB. It is a dunk. Those are releasing tomorrow on the sneakers app. And of course I am a huge, huge fan of them. I will be trying to go for them. Uh, you know, even though release is around, I want to say draw, it's a draw. So yeah, of course draw opens at nine. Um, I'll be going for that pair as well. Kind of like draws a lot better than, you know, when you're just going in there and trying to get the pair uh, size really, really fast. I kind of like draws better because it kind of gives more people a chance. Um, to kind of get all that uh, in there. Also, we do have the very, very, very anticipated Air Jordan 1 University Blue, which comes out this Saturday, which will be tomorrow, technically, when you're listening to this podcast. I will be dropping this podcast on Friday. Um, the Air Jordan 1 University Blue has so much hype. I want to say, besides the Air Jordan 1 Trophy Room, this probably is the most hype uh, GR, I should say, um, of 2021 so far I don't see another shoe coming close to that of course like I said besides the Jordan 1 trophy room but that whole release was backdoored we already went over that um, and 
I'm super excited, man. I know my wife really, really wants a pair. This is the shoe she's been talking about the most for a minute. Um, since like first look uh, photos popped up, she's literally been talking to me about it like nonstop. I want this shoe. Can you help me get this shoe? So of course I'm gonna pull some strings and uh, make it happen for her. I really like the pair. I just don't see myself wearing blue. I'm not the type of person that wears blue a lot. I don't even think I have a certain like not even one shirt that's blue or resembles blue. Um, I like red, black. Um, those are mainly my colors that I go to more, especially a lot of black. I am currently wearing the Chicago Nike SB, so stuff like that, I all all rock. But I can't see myself wearing these. Uh, but it would be cool just to have like a collection piece for it as well. We do have the Nike SB carpet companies that are releasing not this week but next week, and I'm super excited for these. These are a shoe that I need for the toe mandatory. Uh, I really like this pair, and they are set to release on the sneakers app on the i want to say the 12th so 3 12 at 9 a.m go ahead and join that draw on the sneakers app these are an absolute must for me i do like all the details and the part that you can rip away as well i think that shoes like that nike is absolutely killing it with nike sbs telling the story um, and i absolutely love that as well it's a shoe that i have to have in my collection just because again like it's just so much details and um there hasn't been a shoe that i've really wanted to for the jordan one trophy rooms that um i was like yo i need to have these in my collection so that's a shoe that i feel like i'll be able to have more chance of course uh to get i also did want to talk about the hobby and psa raising their prices is just crazy to me i feel like the smarter thing in my opinion would have been to just lower the prices some people might disagree with me but like if you think about it if I'm someone who like maybe doesn't have that much money or is just like, hey, like I want to send my, my cards through a company and um, I feel like I would go kind of like the cheaper route, I guess, um, because PSA, when I sent my card, I still have um, some cards out and it's one of them is being a Charizard. I sent it out Express. Express is supposed to take a month, right? It's been there for, I want to say like three months now and I paid $75 for that card to get um, graded Express, right? Well, now that express service that was only supposed to last a month is $150. So just for people to realize how much that's went up, it went from $75 to $150, and their other prices went up double as well. So it's just super crazy to me. I personally don't agree with that um, at all. I feel like the effect that this will come and like this will have is just everything going up. So when people do team breaks or when people do um, hobby breaks or anything like that like I think they're just gonna raise the prices even on on things like that just because if you do pull a good card you're gonna have to send it in you're gonna have to waste even more money to get it back and they said I know PSA I got a letter or a letter actually everyone should have gotten a letter uh, from PSA saying that they um, I want to say their sister or brother company I can't remember exactly was acquired by an investment group and that's just no shock every single investment company or investment gurus are like kind of going towards cars i don't have an issue with it at all um i love cars and i think it's going to be something that will be uh here forever whether the market goes down a little bit whether the market even skyrockets even more i think it's just going to be something that is going to be here for the long term just like shoes shoes are never going to get old to me and i don't think they'll ever get old to anyone really but i just have a feeling that Everything is going to just kind of go up slowly, especially cards now, because if you think about it, if I get a card for $50 and it's going to take me $150 to express grade it, that's already 200 that I'm in the card. Now I have to kind of try and get my money back or flip it and try and see if, if I'm going to that route. I personally don't do that just because I kind of like having all this stuff in my collection. If I'm going to trade it, it's going to be trading for something that I really like. So. There is that, and that's why, in my opinion, I feel like some stuff will be going up in price. But, of course, I want to go ahead and get into today's very, very special guest. It is my wife, Daniela, who started her own rug-making company. I'm super proud of her. She's honestly been talking to me about this for a very, very long time. She's always been an artistic person, and I, I love her, man. She's helped me a lot, and... Um, she always, we've always been there for each other, you know, so like even with the studio, a lot of people didn't know that it wasn't something that, you know, we kind of just kind of rushed to, even though that's kind of how it felt like that first week. Uh, I always wanted to have a studio and I 
literally told her the idea. I was like, yo, why don't we just get a studio? Why don't we just have our own like kind of spot we can go to and kind of just brainstorm and have these ideas? Because yeah, you can do that at home. I understand that. But like, you guys don't realize like when I come here, I, it makes me want to create and not just be on my phone. Like I see, I come in here, I walk in here and I just like, I just get that vibe. Like, yo, I need to create something dope. I need to make videos and I need to do this. Even though I've been a little bit kind of off of it, I just kind of like to see what other people are moving towards and what other people are making moves. And then I'll go ahead and uh, make my moves as well. So I've been keeping some stuff behind door, uh, behind closed doors, uh, some stuff that I've been working on and I kind of want to work on it more and kind of execute it better. So that way I don't just drop in. It's just like, oh, it's kind of, it's kind of janky. And that's why I've been working again on the audio in here. So that way I can give you guys the best sounding, uh, audio and podcast possible because I don't want it to be sound, you know, just like mediocre and kind of bad. And you're just like, oh, I don't even want to listen to it. It's just not because it's not a good podcast, but just because of the sound. So I've been working on a lot and she's been working on creating these rugs. And I know it's something that she's been, uh, super proud of. And she was really, really nervous, uh, to get, you know, this started just because she didn't know if people were going to like it, if people were not, I'm the type of person that I told her, I was like, yo, like, just go for it. Cause I know she really likes it. So it wasn't easy as you guys will, will hear in this episode. It wasn't easy at all for her to get into this and for her to even do this podcast. She's a super quiet person. Uh, so I kind of had to convince her to get on this podcast. Uh, so without further ado, I'm gonna go ahead and set the mood with this beat from the homie hustle. I hope you guys really, really like this episode. I had a lot of fun filming it and, uh, yeah, let's go ahead and get into this episode. All right, so we are here with our very special guest. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Who do we have here today? Hey, guys, it's Daniela from Danny Rugs. So obviously, I know who you are. Um, like I said, this is the first time you ever doing any type of interview. You've never been on any of my YouTube videos or anything like that. Um, we, of course, post vid- uh, videos and like stuff of us um, on social media. Um, are you co- kind of nervous going like into this at all? Because I know I know off air you are, but um, are you are you pretty nervous? I would say yes, because this is I guess this would be my second interview. I mean, I've did other ones where I would have to present, mm-hmm. like at school. Um, when it came to like my fashion shows on what I was working on, mm-hmm. but yeah. But where are you from? For those that um, are listening that don't know who you, where you're from. I was born in Mexico. Um, the city, I think it was called Michoacan. How was it? What Do you remember what age you came over here from or no? Um, I would say I came when I was like two to three. Um, yeah, just when I was pretty small. I do remember just coming in starting elementary yeah that's what i was gonna ask you what what are your earliest memories when you got here just starting elementary yeah it would be starting elementary what do you think was the toughest thing to um kind of learn from that because i think you're the first person that i have on the podcast that is not born in the u.s or second now um i should say but i didn't really ask like i wasn't so deep into it um like asking questions and stuff um because we did have i want to say jackie was on here that was from mexico but i didn't go so i didn't dive deep into kind of her side um of how she got here and everything but what do you think was the toughest thing you had to learn when you got here i would say the language here Mm -hmm. because i came from mexico and like with my parents we all spoke spanish um and then when I got into elementary, I would say the second one was just getting used to the food. Mm-hmm. I would always not like it. What did, why didn't you like the food at all? Um, <laughs> I would always get like, I guess I remember when it would be lunchtime and we would have to line up and wait for our food. And I would always like smell the cafeteria food. Mm-hmm. And it would just give me this, like, disgust. Disgusting. Yes, and I would, like, <laughs> throw up. I would not even, I wouldn't even take a bite, but just the smell of it. Um, yeah, I would end up throwing up and then, like, having a teacher call my mom. 
either to take me home or if I still felt well to bring me a pair of clothes to change. Mm-hmm. To change. What At what age did you start kind of like getting used to it? Because I know you started getting a little chunkier when she started growing <laughs> up. So obviously you had to be eating the food. Uh, what age was it when you kind of got used to it? Um, I guess it was still elementary because like I would say around when I was like already getting older, mm-hmm. first or second grade is where it was I would say, yeah. or third, third around there, almost the last um, is where I got used to it. I don't remember why, like how that happened, mm-hmm. but I just remember eating and I ended up liking it. And I, I remember my own mom telling me that I would always get like charged for food oh, because okay. I would want more. You got real chunky. <laughs> but yeah, that's part of what I remember on. Okay. Um, you're obviously super into fashion, just like obviously your Instagram and me knowing your background. You've always been um, into fashion as far as I know. Uh, do you remember your first like experience getting into that? Was it like, did you read some magazines or was there like a certain class that you were into what made you want to kind of get into fashion and sneakers um i would say there was a lot that brought me into fashion Mm -hmm. um one is my mom she in mexico had like studied fashion so she knew mostly what to do and like tailoring Mm -hmm. about anything the only thing that she didn't get to do was um finish her degree which is one like section is like making wedding dresses yeah that's what she didn't get to do but majority of all the other things she's able to make anything Mm -hmm. and that's where i also got like the interest of it um i would also i would also watch fashion runway or project one runway Mm -hmm. um that was really interesting seeing different people from like different backgrounds and all that how they create their own um clothing piece Mm -hmm. did your mom teach you a lot of the stuff that you know now because you do you did some sewing stuff did she teach you most of that i would like um, some i know that in middle school um i had i took fcs and what's fcs for those that don't know it's just like you know back not back but like it's just a class where you like do cooking okay so that kind of stuff yeah okay and then sewing and all that kind of stuff yeah that was gonna be the next question i was gonna ask you what classes um did you take uh did you would you say that was the first one you took and then did you take any after that fcs in middle school it was just fcs and then on to our high school it was more of getting back into where like I would say, like, having my mom help me mm-hmm. from that, what question that you said, like, that yeah. second one or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, high school is where there was an actual sewing class. And then on to that, I was also into a program in Central Campus that they um, had for mm-hmm. fashion. Yeah. So I had my mom's help on stuff that I needed whether if I had difficulties trying to figure out how to make some some type of uh, clothing item. Mm-hmm. And usually after school, after school um, I would always come to my mom and asking her some questions. Yeah. Um, but she would always be helpful and like helping me out on what material to make or what is needed to make some certain type of like item. Okay. When you took your fashion classes, when like you first got into high school, what was your goal with like going into fashion? I know that when I went into high school, my job career was wanting to be a fashion designer. I wanted to make clothes, like my own clothing line Mm -hmm. and go into college too, which I did eventually do, did, I meant, um, I eventually did go to college, but like, it It wasn't really what i thought it would be Mm -hmm. but technically i really wanted to start my own line do a fashion not do a fashion do a clothing line and Mm -hmm. then like i don't know have some inspiration of like what i want um that no one really like no one 
really sees. Mm-hmm. Well, what what was that type of fashion? What do you mean by like nobody really sees? I guess like some new unique pieces. Pieces, yeah. Okay. What was your favorite pieces that you created when you were in high school? Do you remember? I would say one of my favorites would be when I went to Central Campus. I know for my senior year, I did a senior collection. Mm-hmm. Um, that one, um, I ended up being proud of it because I actually won a huge award for that. Mm-hmm. Um, the Basically, I can go in detail that. For that piece, for the senior collection, I made, um, it was called, um, I don't really remember what it was called, but I know that the theme was like Cuban. So I was really inspired by all the bright colors, um, the city or place down there. Um, I just really focused on all the like buildings, the colors, the traditions down there. What were you there. making? Like dresses or Oh, it was like, it was mostly dresses, dresses. and okay. pants and all that. Um, they were just really colorful pieces, like bright yellows, reds, mm-hmm. um, pinks, like different, like it wasn't like a pink pink, but it was like a light pink pastel type color. But yeah, I remember making... Basically, that fit into the Cuban type of culture. Vibe. Culture, yeah. yeah. Uh, what was the toughest piece that you created when you were um, doing all that in fashion class? Do you remember? Um, I guess the toughest was uh, we did this avant garde, mm-hmm. and it was it, it was like a partner partnered like a pair. We would yeah. partner with people in our class, mm-hmm. and um, my friend and I par- partnered up. And the theme of it was, um, like an art piece, mm-hmm. and you incorporate it into an actual like clothing or make it like avant garde. Yeah. And I remember choosing the blossom tree, which is by. I don't remember really much. I just remember looking at the blossom tree, mm-hmm. and me and my friend decided to make, like a. Dress, Mm -hmm. and we had to also include bubble wrap, Mm -hmm. which is also what include bubble wrap, and it was for child serve, I think it was called. And the hardest was like trying to come up with finding a way to make it pop out. Yeah, Um, me and my friends, me and my friend ended up like finding. A way to do branches mm-hmm. as a 3D look. Yeah. But we were going to have to have trouble trying to figure out how we were going to put it into the dress. Mm-hmm. We were like, and we ended up like trying to figure out like sketches or ideas or like we would look online. Mm-hmm. Um, different ways that we could make it stand up. Yeah. And we eventually did where we... Um, glued all the sticks and ba- basically make it like wings, but not exactly, just like branches off, Much. and have it hold by our arms. So mm-hmm. like, it had like a plastic, not plastic, but like a, um, I guess I would say like a clear string, but it's like, like it doesn't a- stop, uh, it doesn't break off. Oh, okay. I guess, like, I was, I don't know how to describe it, but yeah. Um, we attached the branches to the strap, and like, when we would, whoever modeled mm-hmm. it, it, whoever modeled it, um, I eventually did have to model it. I would just put them on with the strap and then have it all good to go. Yeah. yeah. Um, some people don't know, like, you know, what you did after that. Do you still do fashion stuff, or did you kind of stop that? Um, I kind of don't anymore. Yeah. I used to. I guess like the last time that I've done it was when I went to college. Mm-hmm. Um, that was basically like the assignments that I had to do. My last assignment was like building another avant garde. It wasn't really like clothing, clothing mm-hmm. that I had to do, but it was more like designing. Designing. That was like pretty much the last time that You're I've getting. done. 
Some people don't know, but you also wanted to start your own like bag slash purse making company. Where did you kind of want that to go and what kind of came up? Like what made you want to create bags and, and start your own company with that as well? Hmm. I guess when I like college, when I went into college and like going into it, like I was like passionate about it. Mm-hmm. But then like, I don't know, like going into the classes and I really wasn't interested. Mm-hmm. It was more of like business learning. Okay. I wasn't able to like get hands on, be creative. Um, it was more like numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then like I just basically fell off and yeah. like didn't work out and decided to go into um, bags because I like loved how they look. Yeah. Like handbags. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, especially when it came to the leather and the colors of them. Yeah. It was like. I don't know, exciting when I would see them. Mm-hmm. And when I worked in retail, I would always like look at the accessories mm-hmm. of like the bags that we would get. Um, but that's where I started where I wanted to get more in depth of um, making my own bags. Yeah. Did you ever want to do that again? Like get back into making bags or no? Is this something like you're like, uh, maybe, uh, I'll just leave it in the past? I'm in the middle because I remember doing my first bag. Mm-hmm. And it was, I guess it's the only bag ever made. Yeah. Because <laughs> I remember taking my sweet time on it. And it was pretty nice. Um, I ended up giving it to one of my mentors. Yeah. And she absolutely loved it. Do you remember the first time, uh, going back now, do you remember the first time that you sat down and started creating art? I was going to ask you that uh, to begin with. Uh, but is there anything like when do you remember when you were a kid that first piece of art that you created? Because I remember going back like whenever I was in art class, the thing we would always do in Thanksgiving was, you know, kind of trace your hand and make it a turkey. Do you remember the first time you actually sat down and created something, uh, some type of art? Um, I would say that the last time or like the beginning like that I've ever gotten into art would be just. I know that when I was little, I would always watch this show that they would have up in the morning. And I I don't know who it was, but it was like basically some guy making art. And I would always be interested in it. And mm-hmm. at the time, like I had like, you know, my mom would get me like paper and paints and stuff like that because I went to school. Mm-hmm. And I would always do exactly step by step what the person on the tv was doing and therefore um that's where it all started and then going into school having art class i would always do art projects on what the teacher had um assigned us okay what type of art do you say like you most gravitate to because a lot of people like like pop art modern art um kind of like the graffiti art of it water work do you remember do you know what type of know kind of art you gravitate towards more i know that i'm really into like the painting side acrylics um watercolor not so much Mm -hmm. but more into like acrylics i want to get into the marker ones oh yeah like tunes Mm -hmm. shout out to the homie tunes nyc if he's listening to this but uh yeah basically what would you say yeah but mostly what i've really dealt with was uh, mostly acrylics is mostly what acrylics. I focus on. Okay. And now getting into um, your current, you know, kind of exploration and uh, what you've been doing now, you're making rugs. What made you want to get into making rugs in the first place? <laughs> um, I would say when we went into quarantine. Quarantine? Yes. I remember downloading TikTok mm-hmm. and... I stumbled upon this one video. Um, the username is I Make Rugs. Yeah. And it's like a guy making some type of rug. I think he blew up on this rug. Um, I don't remember. I can't but remember it was either. just yeah. a rug. And then so far, he like made other, other ones. Other ones. And <clears throat> after that. Like, I was interested in, like, a couple weeks or so, mm-hmm. I would, like, 
um i saw his video again he had like a link on where you can purchase your um gun Mm -hmm. and like the supplies for it and i went ahead and like bought it all of it yeah and then i remember just after that waiting for months um to have it shipped to my house but on the other hand i was like looking on youtube um watching videos of other people uh, make their own rugs yeah and that's where it like began that i i don't know like i got i guess like i would say that for why i wanted to get into making rugs was Mm -hmm. i could see myself using my own art and projecting it like where i can make it into something um on a rug that anyone could like buy and then with like the machine you know it basically reflects like how i would sew so it's like i don't know best of both worlds yeah yeah what two things in one right yeah uh do you you kind of spoke about how you looked at other people's videos um do you think it was important for you to kind of understand what you're trying to do with the gun and like how other people use techniques because i feel like a lot of people now whenever they get into something they just rush into it they don't know what the hell they're doing they're just like oh i'm gonna just go ahead and kind of do my own thing do you think it was important to kind of study the craft of what you were trying to do uh yes um i know that if i wanted to get into rugs i want to do um just do a lot of searching mm-hmm. on like what stuff that i need yeah what works best because i know there's different videos and not mm-hmm. everyone is the same yeah everyone has their own um technique on how they do their own rugs i know there's like some that um that i've seen that make it there's just two different methods of what they do they do it with the gun and then they do it with the like i guess i think it was called like a poking method which is hand um it's kind of more like sewing kind of kind of ish it's like yeah but it's just it will take hours of you so you'd probably stick with something smaller to Mm -hmm. make it with that that method Mm -hmm. what would you say is the toughest thing so far that you've encountered with making rugs so far i think i would say right now is what i would think would be like the back the backing like, uh-huh. what do you mean by like, that making it have a clean finish because mm-hmm. i'm i'm a perfectionist i don't like when something sticks out so i want to be like so precise that the back of the rug has a clean finish like seamless mm-hmm. yeah yeah and then like i know there's on the videos that i've seen mm-hmm. there's two different ways people just like glue it like that be done there's another one that people would put the backing, mm-hmm. but then also like give it a clean finish by grabbing like a thick, I guess like using a yarn yeah. with a needle and then go around the corner, like all of the area mm-hmm. of the rug. But that would be like time taking. Yeah. What would you say is the easiest thing to do when, when making rugs? What do you think is the most easiest? Um, the most easiest would be tufting. Tufting? Yeah. Or just like kind of like with the gun with and stuff? The gun, yeah. yeah. I'm pretty, I got used to it. The first day it was like my arms were aching. Yeah. But then after that I got really used to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot faster and yeah. Nice. Uh, can you explain to those that don't know the process of making rugs? Because I feel like a lot of people whenever they think about making rugs especially like seeing the videos that you posted with a gun they think it's like something that you can do in like five minutes and get everything the whole process down so can you explain it from start all the way to finish what goes on between that like how would you explain it so right now i'm working on a piece it's a travis rug Mm -hmm. and that one from how i started is i would place it on the frame We'll get like a monk's cloth and yeah. then place it on the wooden frame onto the nails mm-hmm. and then grab the picture, um, hook the projector up and then aim it up on the cloth yeah. to trace it over. After that, I get it all set with the cut or 
getting all the yarns that I would need for that mm-hmm. um, rug. And then after that, um, I would just set up my gun and then start like filling in all what's in what I have on the projector printed on the yeah. on the frame. And then after that, um, after the rug is finished um, being tufted, I make sure all of it is clipped, the loose loose threads, and get it all ready. So when I put the carpet mm-hmm. glue, uh, and then after that, I would have to wait like either, I guess like 24 hours for the glue to dry. And then that's where it kind of gets time consuming yeah. is like how much how many hours does the back take to look like the glue how much how many hours does it take to for dry? the glue to dry it would yeah. be like 24, 24 hours, hours. Mm-hmm. okay um after that um i'd come back to see if the glue is dry mm-hmm. not dry dry but like have it like a sticky like tacky type. tacky tacky yeah. and then i would have to like unframe it and cut it and then start doing the the back mm-hmm, the back and then for that as of now that i'm doing um i like my the rug that i'm doing is circular yeah so folding it would be kind of tough so i have to cut it in slits to, mean, what do you um, mean by like by, by that because i feel like people think you're cutting the rug itself and then like into no, slits. so when i cut the rug i have to leave an inch of the monk's cloth. Um, of the, I have to leave an inch of the monk's cloth. Yeah. To basically cover, um, cover the backing of the rug mm-hmm. to add on the new non-slip rug. Okay. Yeah, like or a the new backing. Non-slip. Yeah, the yeah. non-slip um, material fabric. Okay. Um, what would you say is the most tedious part? The backing part, like doing that part. Yes. Yeah. I would say that and then like working I guess like also what's kind of difficult is Mm -hmm. I'm trying to figure out like ways to I'm in between like doing super glue Mm -hmm. um, adhesive spray super glue then there's like a glue stick which I think it's kind of tacky yeah (laughs) that's true I I um, understand I want it where it's like water resistant and like Mm -hmm. where if whoever wants to buy it it's like sturdy and it doesn't come out apart, apart. Come, fall apart. And then when I flip it over, I'd have to trim the whole leftover um, rug bits yeah. or the uneven What do you places. use like to trim it? I use just like haircut shears. Yeah, shears, just like so regular. as of right now, yeah. Yeah, like a barber basically. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, can you explain to the people, because obviously the reason why I wanted to talk about the whole process um is because there is it's a lot how how do you think like hour wise how many hours or days does it take to complete a rug like you, you made the full drop rug that people saw how many days was that that took you to finish for the first time yeah. making that rug it would it took like three days three days yes yeah, and so then for like the travis rug it might take about four days because it's more bigger and I guess it all depends on what type of rug I'm making and yeah. how like detailed, detailed it is. It is. Yeah. If it's like a square I guess, one, or, yeah. Okay. And then like say like if it's like a face or like something with mm-hmm. like different many colors, it would be a lot more time taking. Okay. And the next thing I was actually gonna talk to um, about is can you explain the pricing on the rugs? Because I know you we kind of had an idea and I pitched that pricing to a couple of my friends. Um, and they were like, no, like that's not enough. You should be charging more. Uh, so what would you say to those who are listening who want to get a rug, but they don't know how much it's going to be? What, what is, what is that looking like? My pricing, um, I'm still thinking about it. Mm I, I would say like, I'm just going to go where an estimate, like Mm -hmm. I'm not, I don't have a full, um, idea but mm-hmm. I know that I'm gonna have to focus on the pricing because it is kind of time con- consuming when it comes to making rugs um, everyone if some people some people might have a rug that's like kind of basic mm-hmm. and others might have one that they want but it's really 
detailed. Yeah, but it can be the same size, but it's more mm-hmm. detailed, so it has yeah. to be obviously more. Yeah. And then obviously you're gonna do, you're gonna use a lot more product than a basic rug yeah. material wise. Mm-hmm. Um, so when it comes to pricing, I did have originally set yeah. a set price, but I took it down and might focus on that a bit more. Yeah. But I would just right now on what I have in mind is just pricing is just depending on the size of the rug, the mm-hmm. materials that are going to be needed. And yeah. So everything's custom. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the feedback you have received so far since you've made like a post and everything like that? Were you kind of nervous to make a post and make a whole Instagram uh, as well? Um, there's a lot. I When I first wanted to start it, mm-hmm. I really was kind of shy into making it yeah um i thought that i wasn't gonna have really a supportive per- like group yeah. a supportive group um but then i guess like you came in and helped me out like to like step up because in one day what if someone if i didn't do it yeah someone, someone else, else would and then yeah. i'd be like dang too late but yeah I had, like, after I posted the full drop rug, I had people, I had one of my closest friends hit me up asking for a rug for mm-hmm. her, for her and her husband's um, anniversary, so I'm there to do that for next week, have that planned, and then I had a couple of my other friends hit me up for rugs that they wanted but for like a surprise gift for their mother or for their siblings or mm-hmm. anything okay is there any other projects that you want to start on besides rugs or is rugs just your number one priority at the moment i think as of right now it's probably just my main priority i know that i wanted to push maybe into stepping into the maybe into stepping into like clothing mm-hmm going back to it back back to it but as of right now it's probably something that i'll push aside till um i can i like i want to focus on rugs because it's something that i really like because it's two things in one yeah i could do my like own art or i can do something that other people want mm-hmm. um like the travis one yeah. for an example but it's like my main thing as i I want to do rugs, but then also do other things. Like I've seen on YouTube that there's like where you can, or what I added onto is like wall decor rugs. I want to yeah. do it where there's different other types of things that I can incorporate. Not just yeah, not just having it on the floor, but like on a wall or like I've seen on a video that was posted on YouTube by this guy. I don't remember the name, but he made a rug, um, but had it into like turned it into a vase Vase, yeah it it was kind of unique but i don't know if i'll think about that but there's other ones that i had had on mine that i've seen that i was like oh i should probably do it but like tweak it out and make it like something more yeah where do you see yourself uh in 10 years from now where would you like to see yourself be like 2031 where would you like to be I think I would want to see myself is expanding my business on the rugs, mm-hmm. um, going into hopefully by the time like getting a lot of like pieces, like pers- people coming to me and mm-hmm. like custom pieces, mm-hmm. um, not just only in Des Moines, but like out over in other states coming towards me and getting their own rug, um, size wise going bigger, bigger <laughs> on rugs. Yeah. Because I've seen this one girl on YouTube. I follow her. Um, she made this really nice big rug, but it took her mostly like a week, I would yeah. say. But she's advanced. Mm-hmm. But I really liked the way that she made it. And it's like really huge. And it looked really cute on on where she put it because it was like on a living room place. So that's where I, where I want to go is like making more rugs. Um size wise would be like different varieties um it could be based on making more into not only like living room or bedroom it it could be like bathroom rugs um 
also like i guess more ideas if i have any that come in mind on making than just a floor rug yeah okay that's nice so the last message is always here on the podcast um we allow our guests to kind of leave a last message to those people who are listening whether it's um kind of a word of inspiration whatever it could be what is your last message to those people who are listening my last message would be it's always okay to stop on a a dream that you have for an example for me i wanted to be a fashion designer but then like things didn't work out Mm -hmm. and it doesn't always have to like mean that you have to have that dream that you want to be in the future um there's other the life like you're still young you're still learning other things that you can do Mm -hmm. for me i wanted to be a designer but eventually i did other things and found a passion for rugs so there you can basically do much of anything or you can just you can't focus on just one. You can also like do other things. Okay. Um, of course, I do want to thank you again for doing this. I know obviously um, you were really nervous to do this, and I, I want to thank you for um, actually coming through. I did have to kind of push you to do this as far as like supporting you and telling you like, hey, it's okay if you don't like the sound of your voice, because that's literally the first thing that people say. When I asked them to be like in a video or something like, oh, I don't like the, the sound of my voice and stuff like that. Um, so I'm glad you did it. And I hope everyone who listened to this podcast, you know, got something out of it, learned something new. Uh, I do want to ask you, though, where can people find you like on social media? Uh, do you want to shout that out as well? Raz, um, you could follow me on my Instagram page, Danny's Rugs. D-A-N-I-S-R-U-G-S And then I have a Facebook page Still working on it But I posted only one But you could still like and keep updated on on it If you don't have an Instagram It would also be Danny's Rugs D-A-N-I-S-R-U-G-S Nice, so go ahead and follow her Um, It's just a journey that's starting She's working super, super hard on this And again, like I said guys This isn't like rugs that are taking five minutes to complete these take days and days to complete uh so yeah so go ahead uh give her a follow it means a lot especially the support and everything like that of course thank you for listening and getting this far into the podcast episode i truly appreciate everyone who has been supporting since day one and of course the new followers i hope you get something out of these episodes that i do of course follow the instagram at full drop podcast follow our youtube channel we just hit 1k it's going to be full drop tv you can follow myself on instagram at 99 manny follow the ripping channel at rip ritual all that good stuff man it's honestly amazing of course i can't forget my reselling page uh, where i resell shoes at 90 n-i-n-e-t underscore um n-i-n with the number nine at the end it's kind of confusing but i'll go ahead and link all of our stuff down below just the beginning we have so much planned with the studio a lot of great things and a lot of people that we'll be connecting with here soon so thank you guys again till next time peace